Yeah, see you, but uh, it's good to be back in the house of God. If you if you got your Bibles, we'll be in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 25. And as you turn there, I seen this week uh, a pastor friend that I have on social media. He posted a picture of three different Bibles, and he said, "What would you want to see your pastor tote to church or preach from?" And he had a, a nice big hardback large print you know Bible. Then he had a pretty nice leather bound, looks pretty new. Then he had one that was just falling apart. You know, a lot of people like the falling apart, but, you know, this is what I, I'm, I'm preaching from this this morning. Uh, so your pastor brings uh, flowery Bibles up. I couldn't, uh, I'm trying to find my Bible this morning. I couldn't find it, and the one back here I don't like, so, <laughs> to preach from, so. Uh, but I'm using my wife's Bible, and I'm glad it doesn't really matter what you tote. It's what's in your heart uh, this morning. If you, yes, sir. What matters is what you got inside. But if you would, please stand if you've got to Leviticus chapter 25. Leviticus chapter 25, we'll start with verse 1. We've got a little bit of scripture to read this morning. Verse, chapter 25, verse 1, it says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and saying to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. For that groweth of its own accord, of thy harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the Lord. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you and for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in the thy land, shall all the increase thereof be, be meat. And thou shalt number seven Sabbath, Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the, on the tenth day of the seventh month, and the day of atonement, shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And ye shall hallow the fifteenth year, the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. And going to verse 23 of this same chapter, And the land shall not be sold forever. For the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession ye shall grant a redemption for the land. If thy brother be waxen poor and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And if the man have none to redeem it, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the surplus unto the man to whom he sold it, that he may, be, may return unto his possession. And it says in verse 28, And if he not be able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that hath bought it until the year of jubilee. And in the jubilee it shall go out, and, he shall, ret and it shall, he shall return unto his possession. 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you uh, uh, for your spirit, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, Father, for the Sunday school, uh, uh, for the singing time, the special song. Lord, I, I, I praise and adore you for what you've done in this service so far. And I ask you, Lord, to continue to bless, Lord. Continue uh, uh, to use this old sinful man behind this stand this morning uh, to preach, thus saith the word of God. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be seated now. Uh, uh, most of you know I, I don't usually read uh, uh, 16 verses of Scripture. That's not usually my M.O. Uh, on Sunday mornings. But uh, we got a, a pretty good bit of Scripture that we've read. Uh, and we want to try to understand uh, what's going on in Leviticus chapter 25. Now, uh, uh, my Bible that I was reading back there earlier gave it a title to the chapter that talked about uh, understanding the, the Sabbath and the Sabbath of the years. Now, it's really interesting what uh, uh, the Israelites did with the Sabbath. Uh, uh, the Sabbath year, every seven years, they would take a year and they wouldn't really harvest uh, anything. They would just let things grow. Pretty much God would provide uh, during that seventh year and everybody could go out and harvest uh, and get what they'd like. Uh, the, every sojourner, every traveler, uh, anybody that came through that land on the seventh year could pretty much eat. It was guaranteed if you came through the Sabbath year or the seventh or rolling year. But uh, you get here to a certain thing that starts talking about it. Uh, in the year of Jubilee, when it gets to verse 8, uh, it changes gears from the Sabbath of, the, uh, of the every seven years to now every seven seven years, which we understand seven times seven is, is 49. So you get to year 49, and you get to year 50, which is a special mark uh, uh, that they understand here to be the year of Jubilee. Now, there was the Sabbath every seven years, and once every seven was completed, we have this trumpet that's blown. And the trumpet is blown when they begin uh, the year of Jubilee. Now, what I like about the year of Jubilee is just like the other seven, they don't plant anything, they don't reap anything, they don't gather anything. Uh, uh, multiple things uh, happen here, uh, but all was free to the nation of Israel. All was free to travelers that went through the nation of Israel. And now, all these things happen, but also the wonderful thing, it says uh, that everybody that had sold themselves into slavery to pay a debt would be released on the day of Jubilee. Now, that's great. All the properties that have been sold to pay a debt, all properties that we understand that uh, the, the tribes of Israel had the land divided amongst them uh, and give to certain families. Now, when the, the trumpet was blown on the day of atonement, on the year of Jubilee, all property would go back to the original owners. Uh, all debts would be paid and cleared. All slaves would be set free. Uh, there was no work, no planting. Uh, I want you to realize something that when the trumpet was blown on the day of Jubilee, I believe that there would have been parades. I would have believed they would have done everything they could to have them a big party. This was amazing what happened on the day of atonement during the year of Jubilee. Can you imagine the streets being filled with people crying, being filled with people rejoicing? Hey, my sins, my debts have been paid. I've been set free. I'm no longer a slave. I don't owe anything on my home anymore. I'm getting my property back that my granddaddy had. No matter what happens, no matter what debt was owed, when the Jubilee came, everything was restored. Now that right there, that ought to make people just grin from, from ear to ear. The rejoice that we should have in our hearts. My goodness, it was a hard reset. 
It was a reboot on your life if you had made bad decisions, bad choices, backslidden, done all the bad deals you can think of, living in a gutter and sold yourself to slavery. When the trumpet's blown, you're redeemed. When the trumpet's blown on the year of Jubilee, everything's back to the way it was. Can you imagine the joy in some people's lives to have a do-over? I've I've made mistakes in my life that I wish I could just have a do-over eventually. I I, I would like to be able to think that, well, one of these days that trumpet will sound and I'll I'll get a do-over. Just like these people were promised to get a clean slate. Who doesn't like a (laughs) do-over? Who here has made a mistake and said, well, I'd like to back up and not do that. I'd like to back up and not buy that car, not buy that home, not make this a a financial thing in my life. We've all done these things, and who doesn't like them? But we have to understand it wasn't designed by man. Man did not design the year of Jubilee. Praise the Lord, God designed the year of Jubilee. Man didn't do it. It wasn't created by man. You know, man likes do-overs. Man likes... uh, doing things like this sometimes, but I'm glad that God designed the year of Jubilee. My goodness, at the families that would be united, the families that had, would be fed, that hadn't got to eat the way that they should, they got to eat this day. The people that had been hungry, the people that had been thirsty, the people that had homes taken away, they got their homes back on the year of Jubilee when the trumpet was blown. Now to understand a little bit about this, uh, in the South we have something we call the Bible Belt. And most of us know that. We go anywhere else, we don't find uh, quite like church structure like we do in the South. And when we're in the South, uh, you ain't been out of the South, you don't understand. Okay, but here in the south, uh, I, I travel around pretty good between Clay County, Randolph County, and, and Cleburne County, and Calhoun, right around this area. And I'll tell you, we got the three C's, and most people don't realize it. We got the three C's, and if you don't know the three C's of this area, I'm about to tell you. We got cows, we got chickens, we got churches, yep. all right? You don't go a whole lot of places and find that. You don't got to travel far where the church structure isn't really there. Now, why is that? We study a little bit of history and we understand, hey, the, the South uh, has notoriously been a very poor area, okay? We, we've been a poor people that's been growing up. We, uh, we even, I've talked about it before, we, we like to grab on to things that we can buy and store them up. We're the worst hoarders in the world because our families didn't have a whole lot of sometimes. If we ever get any money, hey, we're going to buy things, stack it up and stash it, uh, all that we can. And some people understand that and look, and, and you, when you study religion and you study the church structure, you'll find religion in places where you'll find poor people. You ever realize that? When you find a poor society, you will find religion. And they say, well, why is that? Well, they'll say uneducated. They'll say they don't have any money, they never made no money, they ain't never going to do anything with their lives. And they look at that and they turn to religion. And they say that's the simplistic nature. And I'm not trying to preach down the church today. I want to help you realize how this works. The poor, the weak, they have something to grab onto. Let's back up and look at the year of Jubilee when the trumpet was blown on the Day of Atonement. Who do you think it mattered to more? Who do you think it mattered to? 
The poor people is the ones that it mattered to. The ones that had been persecuted. You've been living in a ditch. You were a slave for 49 years at the point where the 50th year the trumpet was blown. It mattered more to you than it did any other rich person today. You want to find religion? You look among the poor. You look upon the meek. You look upon the lowly. Hey, today, religion, hey, I don't want to call it religion. A, a Christ today will set you free and lift you up. You need to have the trumpet blown today. You need to enter into a state of jubilee where you can rejoice, where you can be excited. I want you to understand, folks, today, we got something special down here in the South. They're starting to get it other places too because we're doing our jobs. But we've got to be a people that will go out and preach the Word of God and be happy about it. Have joy about it. Man, can you imagine the streets? I can't. All my debt's being forgiven. Can you imagine that? If you got very much debt, (laughs) boy, what a load. All your property's back. Your family's been restored. The family that you ain't got to see because they're slaves. You get to hug them. You get to love them. That is truly the year of Jubilee. What I like even better is that 7 times 7, 49 years, the 50th year is the year of Jubilee. The average age time in this time, 60 to 70, easy. You were going to get to see a year of Jubilee. Most likely, unless you went to war and died, you would see it. If you lived a life very long in this time frame, you would get to hear the trumpet blow. Yes, sir. Could you imagine that kind of promise? No matter how, what time he's, he's most likely going to get to hear the trumpet blown on the Day of Atonement. Now, I like that it started on the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement is a time that you'll find in the Old Testament that the chief priest would go into the most holiest of holies and he would offer a sacrifice. He would first have to kill a bull to sacrifice for himself and all the other priests because uh, he was a sinful person, and we all are, we understand that. And he would have to offer to clean himself up before he went in. And then when he went in, they had two goats that they would get. And they would kill one goat. One goat was killed, and I want you to realize that he took the blood of the goat and he took it into the most holiest of holies, and he would sprinkle it on top of the, where the showbread was. And then he would go over on the Ark of the Covenant and he would sprinkle uh, the blood of the goat on the Ark of the Covenant. And he says, Zach, that's Old Testament. Uh, praise the Lord, I know it is. But they would do that on the Day of Atonement. And what that would do is the Bible cl- clearly shows this and the Jews understand it. If you look at a calendar, you'll find a day called Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement to the Jews. If you want to go get a calendar and find it, every year it happens. And the Jews make this sacrifice. And they would sh- shed that blood of that goat. And that, what that blood would do is it would literally seal the children of Israel from that point forward to the next year. A lot of people look at that and they say, well, what they were doing is they were covering the sins that they had the year before. And you know, that's wrong thinking. Because if it backed up and covered the sins you had before, uh, the very next day the children of Israel would be in a state of sin. Uh, They would be bound and going to hell. Uh, So actually when they made the sacrifice there, it would cover them and seal them for the next year, praise the Lord. This sacrifice that was made. Now to help you understand the, the goats, there was two goats now. One goat got killed, his blood was shed, and it covered the sins for the next year. The other goat was what? It was turned loose. 
It was called the scapegoat. They would take the scapegoat and they would lead it out of the tribe of Israel, out into the wilderness, and let it go. You say, Zach, why in the world would they do that? Everything I've read in the Old Testament says they killed and they sacrificed and blood was shed. I'm glad that there was blood shed to cover our sins, but I'm glad that God, when, when He took the second goat, it says that the priest would pray over the goat's head all the sins of the children of Israel. All the sins that they would commit. Now, I, I don't know exactly what He said, but I'd like to think it was something pretty simple. And He would pray over that old goat, and He would have somebody appointed to take it out, and that was a symbolism of Christ, a, a symbolism of God taking your sins, uh, uh, putting them out into the world, and He's never going to think about them again. Ain't that good to know that on the Day of Atonement there was blood shed to cover your sins, uh, and there was also a goat uh, that was put out. Uh, your sins are out there. They're lost. Uh, he ain't going to bring them back up. That goat ain't coming back. Uh, it's out in the wilderness. Uh, it's liable to get killed by something and never come back. Praise the Lord today. On the Day of Atonement, the Jewish people were covered. Their sins were forgotten. The blood was shed and they were forgiven. This was pre-Jesus. It was a symbol of His coming. It's amazing how people look at the sealing power. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, people confuse the sealing power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That goat covered them for the next year. What do you think the blood of Jesus has done for us? It sealed us all the way to the end. They were sealed for a year. Praise the Lord. We've got a Christ, a, a perfect sacrifice, not no goat. I'm talking about a perfect Lamb of God that was put up on a cross and nailed and died for us. Why? So He could cover our sins with His blood and He could separate us in our sins as far as the east is from the west. Praise the Lord. He didn't say north from the south because they eventually meet east from the west. They go as far as they can. I'm glad that He loves us enough that He gave that sacrifice. You know, when we got to the year of Jubilee, there was people that needed to be set free. They, 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 they desired it. They wanted it. Each and every one of us will reach a point, if you have not been saved today, you will reach a point that you need to be set free. We are in bondage. We are all in bondage. We are enslaved, we're persecuted, we're tormented by Satan himself. Uh, everything that we face in this world uh, brings us down even further. We started life with him trying to kill us. You, <clears throat> I want you to know something today. You are either Satan's or you are Christ. Which do you belong to today? So many times we back up and we say, well, I belong to Christ, but we live like we belong to Satan. We talk like we belong to Satan. We do things like we belong to Satan. We started a journey. Every one of you started this journey of life belonging to Satan. And if you have not become belonging to Jesus, you still belong to Satan. Do y'all realize that? You are stuck with a simple choice to follow Jesus and accept His sacrifice. You, are, yeah, you got one thing. And we can't light enough candles. I can't say enough uh, rosaries. I can't uh, uh, accept your uh, prayers. I, I can't do those things. Uh, you can't do enough things. You can't come to church enough. 
you can't have perfect attendance <laughs> that we sometimes try to get. You have to accept His atonement. Yes, sir. You know, when the trumpet was blown on the day of Jubilee, you didn't have a choice. You gave it up. No matter what, the Jewish people were given an opportunity right there to start over. You know, when Christ died, He ended the Day of Atonement. It says, and I believe the book of Matthew specifically, that it says that the veil in the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. I like to think of just the symbolic hand of God coming down and ripping that thing from the top to the bottom and showing that it's done. When Jesus Christ went up on that cross, He paid that penalty. He paid the death warrant. He paid everything for us. It's permanent. Yes, it's permanent atonement. It was a trumpet that is always sounding, praise the Lord. It's a trumpet that is always blowing. And just as the trumpet could blow on the day of atonement and the year of Jubilee, and everything would start over, and pretty much most people would hear that day and see that day at some point, you are going to have that day when the trumpet is blown and you've got a chance at atonement. You've got an opportunity to accept Christ. You've got an opportunity because He has drawn you and you have felt convicted of what you've done in your life. Now, there's things He'll set you free. He'll give you freedom. He'll give you release from your bondage, your slavery. But He is not going to pay off your financial debts. Don't, don't misunderstand what Jesus does. He'll set you free from sin. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. He'll break your bonds from Satan. Yes, you don't belong to Him anymore. He will give you a lighter load to carry. Yes. He says, take my yoke upon you. Praise the Lord. He'll give us a lighter load for us to tote. And He'll give you a home in glory. Yes, sir. My goodness. What an ultimate trumpet that was blown the real day of atonement, the real year of Jubilee. You know, the studies have shown that they never did the year of Jubilee. Ain't that sad? You know why? People are stubborn. You know, if you read any of the writings, they talk about the Sabbath, they talk about the seven Sabbaths, and they talk about the land resting. They don't mention the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament very much past Leviticus. Why? It took trust. It took trust. It took trusting in God. It took saying that we know that God will bring up stuff for us out there to eat. It took knowing that even though this guy owes me more money than he'll ever be able to repay me, I trust God enough to be able to forgive it and let it go. What kind of trust do we place in Jesus Christ? We have to place ultimate trust. We say to believe in Him, uh, to confess His name. And hey, even the the devils in hell will confess and know who Jesus is. But we have to trust Him. We have to know who He is in our lives. We have to place everything on Him. How we live, how we earn our money, how we eat, how we do things. It has to be based on Him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, it says, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's freely given. God designed the year of Jubilee to be something that they could be given for free. It's there for you to take. It says if any man can't take it, hey, somebody else in line can step in and get it for him. You can get it today. It's a symbol of rest. 
It's a simple to cast the hardness of life off. You know, truly, if we think about following Jesus, why do we worry so much? There was a man that came up to Jesus and he was talking about things and Jesus said, yeah, I don't have a place to lay my head, but I can feed the sparrows. The sparrows are fed because of me. They don't wake up early and have to go to work. They don't have to worry about their clothes. The fields dress themselves. So many times Jesus shows us examples of how He takes care of us in Scripture. And I'm glad through the sacrifice on that cross, He took care of me. He took care of each and every one of us. You know, each and every one of us have a choice to make. And on that year 50, the year of Jubilee, we back up and go forward to to the new times, to the cross. Each one of us has a reset button we can push on our lives. You won't have your bank account restored. You won't get mountains of property. But I want you to know something. You'll have a home in glory. You'll have atonement. You'll have cleansing. You'll have peace. You'll have a load that is not so hard that you have to carry it and sleep difficultly every night and have to go to the things of this world to get comfort and joy. You can go to Christ. And the Bible says that He's always with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. The man that laid down his life to give us ultimate atonement, to give us peace, to give us joy. He's always with us. He's here in this church today. I'm glad he loved us enough that he came as flesh, hung upon a tree, a cursed tree, and died for me. I wouldn't have any other reason to live in this old world. World's full of sin and agony and sorrows. And well, I seen that a couple weeks ago, just the people that would sell out their whole lives. All the homeless people that we saw, they probably came to Vegas with things on their mind that they could do good. They could win some money. They could go out there and start a business. And you maybe, you don't have to go to Vegas to do that. We could be right here. There are people that lose so much physically, financially, emotionally, mentally. Things happen to us that we can't escape. We can't get away from. They run through our minds. They run through our bodies. And we, we, we suffer and we go through all these things. I'm glad the trumpet's blowing. Hey, the trumpet is blowing this morning. He has paid our sins. It is the sounding of the day of atonement. It can be yours today, praise the Lord. Hey, my day of atonement happened 17 years ago on the porch of a church going outside. I'm glad I didn't get saved in an altar and a lot of people didn't, praise the Lord. He can save you and He can be with you. He can cleanse you right where you're sitting at. You ain't got to run down to an altar. The altar call started about 100 years ago. He'll save you back here where you're sitting at. I'm glad that He loves you enough that He'll do it for you. All you got to do is trust in Him. As they get a verse of some song, you know, this morning, right here, you can experience Jubilee. You can experience freedom. There is good news. If you're lost this morning, Jesus has came. If you don't know Jesus, I'm glad that we have the freedom from captivity. We can get away from your bondage. We can get away from your chains, the things that are broken you down. If you have bonds and you feel like a slave, I'm glad that if you feel like you are captive, you can be set free. Have you accepted eternal atonement? That's what it is. It didn't go for a little while till you mess up. It's eternal atonement. Yes, sir. It's a sacrifice that was made 
and blood that was shed, not just to cover you for a year, but it says to cover all the sins of all the world. I'm glad today that your sins are really not, it's not what's separating you from Jesus. Your slip-ups, your problems, that's not what's separating you from Jesus. What's separating you from Jesus this morning is you. You. It's your choice. The atonement's been made. And I'm glad that each and every one of us this morning has got a choice. Yes, sir. Are you going to believe in Him? Or are you not? Are you going to trust in Him? Or are you not? Are you going to keep living your life the way that you want to? Or are you going to change? You know, at 15 years old, I decided to make a change in my life. I made a lot of mistakes. I backslid a whole lot. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And I'm still doing things I should not do. And I know that I'm guilty. But I'm glad that that atonement that's on that cross, that atonement, that blood that was shed, and not that old sprinkling of blood on the Ark of the Covenant, not that old sprinkling of blood on old showbread, uh, and not that goat that was let off. uh, It's Christ on a cross that covered my sins and separated me from all the problems of this old world. I don't, as you shouldn't have a care today. If you've got care in this old world, you need to come on to the altar this morning. If you've got something you're worried about, uh, come on to an altar and pray. If you've got family members that are lost, if you yourself uh, have never said, Lord, uh, uh, save me. Lord, I I trust in you. And turn from your wicked ways. You can do that this morning. As we stand, what page you got?